Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the Career Pod team, Mr. Lou Gaglini. Today we're talking with Junior Delgado. Junior is the director of the Career Center at Westfield State University. Hi, Junior. Welcome to Career Pod. Hi, thank you for having me on today. Uh, excited to be talking with you and, and excited to be here. That's great. That's great. Well, let's jump right into it. Uh, we've known each other for a number of years, but I um, want to ask you a very broad-based question. Essentially, what does a director of career services do? That's a great question, and I, I think there is there is a lot, um, but one of the first things that I'd like to talk about, which I think is important, there is a, a breakdown of what a career center director does, and that, that really does depend on the size of your institution. So at, at all the different institutions, there's certainly a job description that lets you know what it is that you need to get done and what you have to do, uh, but it also varies by the school size because some of the larger, I would say, research-based universities that have 20,000-plus students from the ones that are a little bit smaller all the way down to a very small, small private. Every school has uh, different responsibilities for those directors. But I would say truly, uh, for me, some of the things that I do here at Westfield, which are um, a little bit of a blending of all those things that I talked about, I truly am a liaison uh, for my office across the entire campus, so with all the different divisions, academic affairs, enrollment management, graduate and continuing education. So again, liaison to all those different areas of the university, and that also does involve a lot of the communication with all those schools, the deans from those schools. One of my primary roles, I would say, as well as staffing. So working with my staff, doing evaluations, uh, staff management in terms of coaching the staff, uh, serving as a positive role model, being able to talk to my staff in ways to improve uh, their job functions as well. Mm -hmm. Another key area, especially more than ever now, is budgeting. So looking at our budgets, how they're developed, how they're created, what we're asking for money, what we are actually receiving, and how we put that money to use to better serve our students. Uh, Certainly creating programming and working with our team to come up with creative programming for students to serve their needs. Uh, There is still for career center directors, if if this is part of your role, which my role does have this, is counseling and advising. So I still do see a a load of students that I have to uh, meet with, talk to, and work on every aspect of career development. And another portion, I would say, is employer relations. So working with employers, developing relationships, getting more postings for our university on the internship and full-time job side. And another piece of the job, I would say, is the review of contracts for services and for software that we use in our office. So it's a, it's a, it, that's just one big hodgepodge of a lot of things that mm-hmm. a career center director does. But again, that can change based on the institution where you work. That's a that's a lot, Junior. That's uh, that's a lot to consider, and I suppose that you turn on the lights in the morning and turn them off at night too. <laughs> as a director, that is um, that is me, true. Yeah. So so you you mentioned a lot of things that you do. Tell me, does it require any particular training or education or background, or is this something you learn on the job? How do you get to be good at all the things that you do? I think it's a mixture of, of, of everything that you have mentioned. And so when you when, when I look at different LinkedIn accounts for other directors across the country or some of my colleagues and friends that I have within the space, it's amazing 
when you look at the range of experience, qualifications, and skill sets that people bring to the job. And I mean, there are some schools where some of these, some of the directors have bachelor's degrees. Uh, and most I do see masters. Uh, we have directors that have doctoral degrees. And not only some of those things, but many of them have also come from a variety of different spaces. So some uh, directors are were former attorneys that have not come mm-hmm. into the space. You have people that have worked lifelong in education. You have people that have transitioned out of other areas of higher education have come and have come over. Uh, I've seen people that have worked on the recruitment side, so they were in staffing, recruitment. They were also recruiters for companies that were recruiting college students, and they've transitioned over. Um, I've seen individuals uh, in our space right now that worked for some of the, what I call the public for-profit, for example, Massachusetts, like a mass hire, Mm-hmm. and individuals that have come over from that space into working in careers. So it really does have the gamut, and people have particular training. You have individuals that have HR certifications. You have individuals that have certifications in other areas of staffing, uh, certifications in areas of, of particular programs related to counseling, assessment, advising, and some of those individuals have also transitioned over into working in the career space. Yep. Now, how about you? I noticed that you have, you certainly have a master's degree. You have other degrees. You hold designations and certifications. Tell us, how have those um, helped you, and why did you do them? How do they affect the work that you do today? So for me, my, my lifelong trajectory in terms of the degrees that I've had have all been based in education. And so when I look at an education degree, the education degree truly is about service. It is about helping and working with students. And so my bachelor's and my master's are in education. I was very fortunate that in 2013, uh, the university that I work at was able to send me to a Harvard Institute, which was based on leadership or management and leadership. And that also adds to that. The other things that I think have helped me along the way have been doing a program, I think about four years ago, which was the career development facilitator training. And that really truly looked at the field that I'm in and broke it down piece by piece as well. And so that has benefited me because it has allowed me to think of different ways to counsel students. It has allowed me to think of, uh, which is, which is one thing that I will say is very important is looking at every individual that you meet with as a true individual. And that's important because every case that you work with or every person that you work with has a very different situation and it's very specific to them. Um, And I've also been fortunate. I've been involved in in a great deal of professional associations from NACE, the National Association of College and Employers, Eastern NACE, which is, again, the same same type of organization. And many of these organizations, the NCDA, all the ones that are very particular to counseling, to working with students and helping them find a career, land a job opportunity, land an internship opportunity, have all benefited me, especially a lot of their webinars, which is Mm -hmm. true, true professional development, um, because I always say that you want to be consistently learning, and these organizations provide the opportunity uh, not only through all of their professional development, but also interacting with professionals in the field. So you've described what some people could have and, you know, the credentials and the background that various people come from. You mentioned that there are some folks with law degrees, there are folks with bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, and all of that. Then you talked about what what your background is. If someone today were looking outside, if someone was outside a university setting and saying, 
I want to get into career services, whether they are at the entry level, let's say they're a college student, or let's say that they're a more experienced person, and they're saying, I want to get into career services. I want to do what Junior does. What advice might you have for them? So I think that one of the first things that I would say is, is, is it a true, genuine calling? And what I mean by that is, do you foresee yourself working serving and helping students. And I think when I look at my own background, because people always ask, well, how did you even get into this profession? Uh, one of the things that I share, and I've shared this many times with, with different colleagues and friends, is that when I was in high school, my father continually was laid off all the time. So I lived mm-hmm. through that for many, many years. And as I came from a home where I was prim- the primary English speaker, and my father uh, certainly was Spanish-speaking, and I would get up at, I don't know, sometimes four or five in the morning, and I'd walk a mile and a half to the store because at that time, all the jobs were primarily found in the newspaper. And so at 14, 15 years old, I had a knack, a liking, and an interest in finding employment, looking for employment. I would do the resumes for my father, so I would help him out truly to, to navigate that space, and it just became one of those interests. And as I continued to go through school, I really found that that was an area of strength. And so I transitioned from that or took that experience and used it in terms of working with our students. But for somebody who who wants to work in the space, I would truly say, what is the calling? Because it has to always be about serving our students or the students that they're going to be working with. And there's a variety of ways that you can do that if you want to get into the space. And I'll share one quick story. I I have a staff member that works for me. They called me early on and said, look, I want to transition into higher education. I'd like to be in that space. Is there an opportunity for me to volunteer one or two days a week in the office? And so we looked at the background, collected the resume. We certainly had to get that approved by HR and our vice president, and it was approved, and the person came on and helped us for one to two days a week and volunteer. Now, that I understand that it's a unique situation, but if a school or an office is open to that, that can work. The other piece of what I would say is for anybody who wants to get into the space, what are ways that you have worked with an institution? If you say, I want to work for a college, I want to help students, Mm -hmm. what are some other ways? Have you volunteered for a networking program to help people out? Are you a person that has volunteered to do resume reviews for students? So those are just some of the quick and short ways that I think you can make that connection into working within the space. That's great. That's great. I'm I'm truly inspired by your story of getting up so early in the morning and and uh, and you know living your passion, so to speak. Uh, that's great. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm we're obviously getting a sense that you really enjoy the work you do. You enjoy the people you do. You love a university environment. Is there anything anything in particular that you like the most? The one thing that gets you excited every Monday morning? Um, or maybe not Monday morning, but every day that you say, uh, um, gee, I'm, I'm really excited about going to work. Is there, is, is there something you really love about what you do that stands Abs- out? Absolutely. And I, and I think it's one that, that – and, and this is why I'm so thankful for my team and the folks that I work with because we do share a common trait and a common bond that we are excited and we are very happy when we see our students succeed. And that's mm-hmm. probably the most important thing. That's that's a big, big drive for me. When that student that you've worked with contacts you and tells you that they've received an internship that they so were coveting, when the, a student reaches out and, and thanks you for all the help and the guidance and they've landed a full-time opportunity, which does change the trajectory of their life. 
And I think those are the things when you can connect students to a research opportunity or you've connected a student and now they're getting into the graduate school where they want to go mm-hmm. and attend. That, to me, is a, is a motivating and driving factor. So I think that that truly gets me up in the morning wanting to help our students. Because here's, here's one piece that I'll share, um, which I think is very important. As a first-generation college student, which I was many, many years ago, mm-hmm. being able to see students that are in that same situation, the same scenario, not having the knowledge, the understanding, how to navigate the system, what steps they should be taking, and being able to impact those students uh, is truly, truly rewarding. When when you see, and, and it almost sounds cliche, but when you see the light bulb go off and they've pieced together the information that you've provided and, and what you've taught, that to me is the thing that continues to drive me to come to work because we're we're here at a public institution, which is where I work, we are seeing more and more of those students, first generation, um, not connected to a system that they know how to navigate and for us to be able to work with them and teach them and guide them um, and building those lasting relationships with students. So even when they're in the working world, they contact you back and say, hey, how can I give back now? You helped. How can I help other students? That right there is a home run. That's great. That's very inspiring. Thanks for sharing that. Um, nothing is perfect and no, no job is ever perfect. No situation is ever perfect. I'm sure as much as you love your, what you do and you love your organization, um, what might you change? What, what might you do differently? Or what are some of the things that maybe you don't like about what you do? If I would, that's a funny question because this is something that I think about a lot. And, and I would say to me, I, I think that the biggest thing that I would change would be the budget formulas mm-hmm. and how budgeting happens um, at colleges and universities because there are times where budgets are preset and as much as you ask for whatever it is, you understand that there is there's real uh, fiscal issues that an institution could be facing. There's particular monies that can be allocated to certain things and you're only going to get a set set amount. And so if I could change anything, and the one thing that I think is difficult for me in higher ed is, is the budget formulas, because we understand what we want to do. We understand what it takes to serve our students. And you can't fully serve students on a shoestring budget. It does require money to what I call work within the evolution of the life cycle of, of career development, because it isn't just showing up and meeting with a student and talking about a resume and a cover letter. Uh, there are all the things that require money, such as getting students out on career tracks, getting them mm-hmm. to companies and organizations to meet individuals. Certainly now during COVID-19, it is happening virtually. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something to be said when you can take a group of students and get them to an organization or company to meet people physically, talk to people, see a space, feel the culture, and what it might be within that organization to see if they're going to fit in, and the education that a student takes away from that. I think is and that's what you referred to as a career trek, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So a career trek is getting the student out physically. Uh, many institutions across the country do this. They put students on buses. Uh, there's mm. some institutions based on budgets, and this is why I say budgeting is the biggest thing. They actually uh, would put students on planes and show up in big cities and meet with over a three- to five-day period, anywhere from 10 to 25 organizations. Wow, how about that? I would yeah, like to have that kind of money. <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Any, be good. You know, speaking of innovative things, because that that could be something that a lot of our listeners have never experienced themselves if they attended college. But what are some of the other innovative things that you think 
you've been excited to be able to do in your position at Westfield State? I think one of the things that I, that I think is, is one of the most cost-effective and, and one of the best programs that schools will run and that we run here are our networking nights. And mm-hmm. we've been fortunate that we have a staff member who coordinates those. And what we've done is we've put together different academic departments to have them all in one night. So, for example, we've done a mixture where we've had psychology, sociology, and social work tied in. And then at the same time, we've done a criminal justice, political science, and we've tied that in at the same time, and we've run networking nights. And the beauty of the networking nights for us, we get to bring in alums that work in those particular fields. We get to bring in what we call friends of the university that will come in and spend time with us as well. And they get to share with students, and they get one-on-one time to really talk about their career field, what it took to get into that career field, who assisted those individuals, and landing their opportunity and what were some of the steps that were taken through their job search process or even, and what, and what we found a lot of times is that these professionals also talk about how valuable their internship experiences were and how they were connected. So I think networking nights, that is truly one, one great program that we get to do. The other thing which I won't, I'm not going to say it's innovative, but I think it's 100% effective is, is the opportunity that we get to work with our student clubs. Mm. And many of those student clubs have students that are motivated, they're eager, they want to learn, they want to grow, and and they're so thankful every time that you can bring in a speaker, when you can connect them, if there's a dinner that's done and you bring in professionals, that's another piece. And then the one big one that we got to do this year, uh, which we're going to duplicate again next year, we did something called the Aspire Conference, and the Aspire Conference is for sophomores, and it truly, we find that in the sophomore year, it's that year where students are still trying to figure out what direction do I go in. And this program, we were able to bring in employers, we were able to bring in alumni, and then we had, uh, I believe, five workshops that were geared towards career readiness. And one of those workshops, which was really critical, was a self-assessment workshop. So having conversations with students about their skill sets, who they are, what their strengths are, and where they see themselves going. So that was another program that we got the opportunity to do, and we're going to do something different this year. Top of that conference, we're going to do another one called Achieve. And that one's mm-hmm. going to be for seniors early in the senior year. That's exciting. That, that's really something to look forward to. That's that's very exciting. Absolutely. Um, Junior, I can tell that you, again, you enjoy working on a campus. Uh, I think we'll, you and I will, will always agree that there's probably no, no more enjoyable place and fun and exciting place to be than on a college campus. Uh, Absolutely. Almost at any time. But it looks like you've been able to do some other things while you've been there, not just do your job. And can you talk a little bit about that and, and maybe why that was important to you and how you were able to, to accomplish that? I, I Thank you for asking that question because it, one of the things that I would say is, and I agree with everything that you have just said, uh, I think it's the college campus, it's the energy. And, yeah. and I always share this, there's always that in the summer you feel like, okay, now it's a recharge time, refresh time, and then the energy kicks right back up when students re-arrive in, in August, September, and so that carries through. The other piece of what I would say is you have to have a supervisor that is very, very supportive, and throughout all my years I've had supervisors that have been dynamite mm-hmm. and have been super supportive, and they're, they've challenged me to say, hey, what are some other things that you want to do? And so one of the things early on that I, got, I was able to do here for about 10 years was coach basketball, Oh, okay. Which is which is a passion of mine. So I, I was able to coach basketball and worked my way up to the associate director 
uh, I mean, sorry, the associate head men's coach. And so I was able to do that for a good portion of time, and I was able to connect with students, build relationships, recruit students. The other piece that, that came with the support of, of supervisors was to professionally develop myself. So being able to join different organizations, serving other organizations, so I'm still and have been now for about six years the president and executive director of the Massachusetts Educational Recruiting Consortium, which is a teacher, an organization based on education uh, that puts on a major career fair for mm. teachers and teacher recruitment. There's about 35 schools across Massachusetts that are involved. Uh, the other piece where I've gotten involved throughout the years have been, has been the Employer Relations uh, Consortium mm-hmm. out of Boston, which we talk about different employers, what types of opportunities, what is changing with the employer space. So always having supervisors that have challenged me to grow, be better, and get involved and give back, those are some of the things that I've found most rewarding. That's great. I want to get back to basketball. How did your teams do? <laughs> I think in that span of time, yeah. um, which was interesting, super, super challenging league, but uh, I, I would say that in that time our coach won Coach of the Year twice, our head coach. Um, we did go to the championship game four times, but we're not wow. successful. And so I think two years after I stopped coaching, they did win a championship based on the class uh, of gentlemen that we had recruited prior. Um, so as those gentlemen grew up and they matured, by the time they were seniors, they actually did win a championship. But at that point, uh, the job of career center director was requiring a lot more of my time. And so I had to uh, take a step back. Uh, but still a supporter of all of our athletics programs. I'm showing up to games, and uh, I would still come out on Saturdays and, and watch our guys play. And certainly as, as we finished out that class leaving, which was one of the last classes that I had a hand in recruiting, uh, I wow. think it was enjoyable to watch them win a championship. So you did participate in recruiting? I did. I did. So you worked so, with, you were, you're not only working with college students, you're actually working with high school students. 100%, yes. And wow. so uh, what I always share is it, as I talk to people that if you've never have been involved in, in, in an active recruitment for, for high school athletes, it is something that takes up a great deal of time on top mm-hmm. of your job. And, and, and I would just share these stories with people that there were days where I would work an entire day, get in the car. So we're in western, western Mass, which we're about an hour and a half to almost two hours west of Boston. And mm-hmm. I would work my full day, get in the car, drive two hours to a high school, watch a student play, have a quick conversation after the game, then get back in the car, drive two hours home, and then show back up to work the next morning. So that took place have, for about 10 years. You have to love what you do to do that one. Absolutely. That's, oh, that, that that's, is, that's, a, that's great. That's great. So, Again, you uh, it's quite obvious, Junior, how much you enjoy the work, how, how rewarding the work is for you. Um, but you still have a lot of your work life ahead of you. You're still a young man. You've got a lot of time ahead of you to achieve and accomplish and grow yourself. What's For, for a director of career services and maybe for you, what is next on the horizon for someone like you or someone in your position? I think there's a lot of different which ways. I think that, that there's always transferable skill sets. And mm-hmm. so there's always going to be opportunities that, that maybe a dean or a college president or a vice president will share 
with an individual and say, here you go, based on your strengths, based on what you have, what you've offered, here's something else that I would like you to to think about. Um, so there have been those type of opportunities that have come in the past um, and just at that time were not the right fit for me. But I think from a career center director, I think it's there's there is a trajectory of different things that you can do, everything from becoming an executive director, which brings more responsibility. Uh, there are you can go into what's called the dean of career services with much, much mm-hmm. more responsibility. Um, so those are things that I think I, I would consider down the road. Uh, the other part of it would be looking at a bigger institution. Right now we're an institution of, I would say, about 4,000 students, four to 5,000 students. And so I think looking at a bigger institution with, with a larger number of students. And then one of the things that I've always thought about is transitioning from careers into possibly working in athletics at a college campus and looking at that. So maybe someday rising to the rank of an athletic director, um, I think, would be a challenge because it, it does combine mm-hmm. many of the skill sets and it does combine many of the transferable skills, such as that budgeting, fundraising, developing relationships with people, communication skills, and I think in leadership skills. And those are all things that I, that could be transferable and used in other areas of higher education. Yeah. Excellent. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you if there's anything else you think our CareerPod audience would like to hear about the role of a director of a career center. Anything else you'd, you'd like to share? Yes. I, one thing that I think is important to note that a lot of times we, we as career center professionals get asked the question, how is working at a college or university any, any different than, than any other type of organization? Mm, and one, yeah. of, one of the biggest pieces that I think I share, it really isn't because every organization, it's about communicating with people. It is navigating a system. So I don't want to say that there's politics involved, but I want to call it that there is, there is a process. There is communication there is going to be budgeting. There are bottom lines that have to be met. There are projects that have to be managed. So a lot of that is not not that very different. And I think sometimes people equate it as different. Well, you work in higher ed, that's different than if you worked at a Fortune 500 company. And although some of the job responsibilities might be a little bit different, I think the key elements within all of it are very much the same. So it isn't that, that different. I think that's yeah. important to, to, to share with, with listeners. I, I would agree with you, and I think that will help listeners that are thinking about a transition, understanding that they can bring those skills with them from a different setting and a different environment and be able to apply them on the job. That it's, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. not a different world. Yeah. Um, Junior, this has been a blast talking with you, and I know that um, uh, our career pod audience will enjoy hearing about um, your background, where you are today, all of your accomplishments, your, your genuine enthusiasm about what, what you do. And um, I, I thank you for your time uh, to join us on CareerPod. So, um, uh, Junior, thank you very much. We've been talking with Junior Delgado, the director of the Career Center at Westfield State University. Junior joined us today on CareerPod. Thank you.